0: We're trying to bring intimacy back to the way we think about sex. Almost 100% of people on this planet will have sex at some given point in time. What is more challenging is the people who haven't woken up yet to the fact that potentially they could enrich their wellness through sex. We're here to help you explore what feels good and what feels safe.
1: Welcome back to Catch-ups in my Kitchen, the podcast about all things food, health and wellness, with me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast. I am really, really excited about this episode as it is a little different for me, but so intrinsically linked to health and well-being that you can't not talk about it, and this is sexual health and well-being. I know some of you might be thinking, "Oh my god, how brave?" or "Oh my god, this is such an awkward topic. But actually, the fact that we don't talk about it when it is a completely normal and natural thing that everyone does or experiences in their life is crazy. So, today I am joined by Alex, the co-founder of the sexual well-being brand Rome. And they are on a mission to change the stigma around sexual health and make the experience of purchasing products more comfortable and enjoyable. Now I love this episode and Alex and I touch on some very important topics so wherever you're listening please enjoy the episode and whatever you do do not feel ashamed or embarrassed about the fact that you are listening to a podcast about sexual health. So enjoy, be proud of it, let's start talking about it and have a lovely lovely rest of your day. Welcome to my kitchen. How are you? I'm
0: well, thank you. Starting the year feeling fresh and revitalized, which is good. Fresh
1: is the word. Yeah. It really is quite fresh <laughs> out there. It really really is. Okay, to start things off, do you yeah. mind giving us a quick elevator pitch? Who you are, what you do.
0: Sure. So, my name's Alex Griffiths, I'm the co-founder of a sexual wellness business called Rome. So, we exist to disrupt the monopoly of the big brand in the market, which is Jorex, and we're trying to bring intimacy back to the way we think about sex so we're trying to give consumers what they need to work on their relationships have a deeper understanding of sex and really build an understanding of like what works for them and that can exist outside of the norm it can be based on your personal I guess sexual desires and needs and that's something that we're trying to elevate the conversation on.
1: I love this so I talk a lot to different people about nutrition i speak to people in fitness i speak to people about how women gain weight when they get older all yeah. these different areas of health and i was like i don't ever talk about sexual health yeah. so that is why i've got you on here today so i'm really really awesome. excited we have a quick fire round though about all things food just to kind of warm okay, up. okay tell me okay so sweet or savory savory juicy burger or overloaded salad
0: oh juicy
1: Mm. go to cuisine
0: always yeah um, go to cuisine I think Italian mm.
1: Mm. cook in or eat out
0: eat out every time yeah, yeah.
1: and what is your favourite delivery
0: my favourite delivery we have a little South Indian place at the bottom of my road which is just fab and it used to be like cash only and BYOB mm. Um And it's a bit of a secret if you live in South London. So I would say there. What's it called? It's called Apollo Banana Leaf. It's so delish. Honestly, it's just the best.
1: Amazing, amazing. Right, let's talk about sex. Mm -hmm. So no one feels comfortable, I don't believe, going into a shop and buying sex care.
0: Yeah. Why? Okay, so we had exactly the same, almost like light bulb moment, right? So I went into a store about three and a half years ago. And I was shopping for a lubricant for me for gay sex and to be like probably oversharing like at that point in my life that I'd been through like various changes where like I'd explored being in a heterosexual relationship and a homosexual relationship. And I remember being stood at this fixture in boots and just feeling like really uncomfortable. And there was a woman walking around with twins in a pram and a guy stocking the shelf next to me. And I just remember thinking, oh, my God, like, why do I feel so uncomfortable shopping for this category? And ultimately, like, it was really strange because I couldn't identify why. Mm. So I just sort of stood there and I was like, "Okay, well, I need a lubricant. Like, what do I buy? So I picked up the only lubricant that there was. And it was a bright blue lubricant from Jorex, shaped like a dildo. Yeah. And I just had this realisation that, well, I didn't want to take it to the till for sure, so I picked up a meal deal took it to the cheque, to the self-pay, and I didn't really want it in my house either, but I did need it. Yeah. So I took it home and I put it straight at the bottom of my drawer. Now, that is is—it's super limiting when you think about it in that regard because sex is ultimately something that we should all really enjoy that's the goal right is that we enjoy having sex but there's this huge almost like gap in the shopping experience of like the joy that we should have in shopping for these products and ultimately none of us have that experience Mm. and it's really not helped by the fact that there is only one brand in the market okay so that one brand is about 85 percent market share and that means that As consumers, we're coded by what that brand showed us because there is no alternative. And when we spoke to people, everyone had this same sense. Whether they were a woman going through menopause in her 50s and 60s, or someone who'd just been through pregnancy, or you know, a guy who hadn't had sex yet who was like 15 or 16, like everybody had this like ick feeling about Mm -hmm. the fixture. And ultimately, that then had a knock-on implication, knock-on impact of, like, how they felt about their own sexuality and how they behaved and how they brought products into their relationships and introduced, you know, desires and fantasies and, and, I guess, sexual well-being more broadly. So, like, for us, there is just so much going on and it is really hard to unpack because everybody experiences it slightly differently but it still exists in the shadows.
1: Yeah it's like the unspoken, it's like everyone also feels the same but no one shares how they feel but if they did, they'd have so much in common with everyone Mm. but yet we still don't even talk about it it's such a weird thing so Rome came about to kind of solve this problem, Mm. but how is Rome solving the problem?
0: Yeah, so Where we sit is we sit between performance and hyper functional products that exist in the market. So, the objective of our products is firstly to help you experience sex in the most comfortable, safe way possible, but also to give you products that ask you questions around like who you are and what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like, we want our products to help you find what makes you tick and that is unique to you. So that means that we have products in market that are different in terms of the way they feel and the short and long term benefits than other brands in market. And the objective there is so that you can explore what is right for you. And no brand, no business, no person should dictate what feels good for you sexually and what is sexually fulfilling to you. But right now, the products in the market don't service that exploration, if that makes sense, and they have a very performative or hyper-functionalized view. Now, that leads long-term to folks not knowing what's good for them, or resisting in trying new things, or feeling that certain things are not for them. Anal sex is like a really good example, right? Mm. And that's something that can feel fantastic regardless of how you identify sexually and regardless of your gender. But it's something that there is still a lot of... We're coded to think that it's only for certain people. So, like, we're here to help you explore what feels good and what feels safe for you, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, completely. So I think where I see Rome is very much, like, in terms of an aesthetic brand Mm. and a functional brand. Mm. Like, I think you don't have to feel uncomfortable or shy about where you put... Rome no. in your house because aesthetically yeah. you could walk past it and think it's just a bottle of moisturiser or whatever exactly, yeah. it just looks it just looks kind of classier yeah. I think Jurex are kind of quite raw and a bit abrupt and a bit yeah. bold and in your face and makes you feel a bit dirty yeah whereas Rome kind of makes you feel a bit more sexy but safe but classy but everything kind of yeah. like how you should more form positive um which I yeah which I really like so when you decide when you decided to start Rome Mm. was there like a trigger moment when you were like okay this is what we need to go into
0: yeah I mean we um I have a co-founder who's who's been a phenomenal partner in this journey and we explored a few different things but what we what we found about this category was that because it is a taboo and because it is hidden in the shadows, a lot of, evidently there wasn't much disruption, right? But the byproduct of the fact that there is only one brand in the market that really matters, and that's Jorex, is that a big brand has a monopoly and therefore doesn't need to innovate, right? Doesn't need to provide newness because they hold such a prevalent share of voice within the category. And what that meant on the flip side was that we could bring real innovation to market. We could really ask questions about like, okay, like what if we turn this from a a gel into a fluid or what if we start introduce a scrub or what if we think about pre as well as post sex and think about what that can deliver in the market to a consumer. So there was really a moment when we appraised what was going on in the category and we did this like You know, we've worked, my co-founder and I have worked in cosmetics most of our lives and we appraised it from a category perspective, but also ultimately like what we would want and what our friends would want and also what like our parents would want, right? Mm -hmm. And when we looked at the products that existed in the market, there really wasn't very much, right? It was really basic, very basic gels and formulas and products to support sexual intercourse and not much else. And that's a very limited view of the impact that sex has holistically on us as humans. There's, what do you do before sex? What do you do after sex? What do you do like, in the run up? Like, how do you prepare your body for some of these more like uh, varied sexual experiences? So when we looked at the innovation in the market, there was just nothing. And that's a byproduct of the market being monopolised by one leading brand is that they do not need to innovate because they have such a dominant share position that it's not interesting or needed for them and therefore when you're a new category brand it is actually quite easy to bring disruption because there is so much that can be done and that's why I love having conversations with other sex tech and sexual wellness brands because everyone's seen it right, everyone's like there is absolutely nothing in this category. And ultimately, like almost 100% of people on this planet will have sex at some given point in time. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard a load of times, oh, you're talking about sex and that's really niche and sex tech is really niche. Well, it's not niche, is it? Because we all do it in some way, shape, or form. We all want to talk about it. Like, but there just hasn't been enough for consumers to grasp onto to change the way that they behave to bring newness into their relationships and to disrupt the segment and ultimately like, that's why we're here because mm. the market is ripe for innovation and yeah. there's a big space and lots of brands can come in and disrupt
1: It's really weird actually when you think about it because Gurex have basically controlled our sex lives mm-hmm. because they have basically given us what they think we need, but yep. not actually listen to what we might want. Yep. So it's actually crazy, also your market is huge because you're speaking directly to people who are desperate to be spoken to, Yeah. so actually, yeah, it's really, it's a huge market. So you mentioned that you've worked in kind of cosmetic products before, yep. what is your background?
0: So um, prior to starting Rome, I was at L'Oreal for quite a long period of time. Um, so, for there, I work, while I was there, I worked on lots of marketing initiatives, predominantly within skincare. And then I moved into the global team where I developed skincare for the 60 plus market. Now, this is a super interesting market. So, at the time, what we were seeing was that these women were becoming increasingly large in number and increasingly deserved space to be visible. And I think we see it now, it's a bit more common, but at that time like, we weren't seeing Maggie Smith like doing the Loewe campaign. We weren't seeing like, uh, like these amazing women with experience and depth like talking on behalf of women who identified with them and what they've done in their lives and what they stand for. So while I was there, I developed 60 plus skincare globally. So, super interesting segment. Obviously, it was supported by a ton of research, um, some amazing women in the development team. And we spent a lot of time trying to really understand how to develop skincare that was really relevant for that audience to address their specific needs. So, I did that for about eight years or so. Um, And then I moved to Harry's, which is a men's shaving disruptor. Um, was very fortunate to join the UK international arm, um, and while I was there, we launched a load of innovation into the skincare market, and we also launched the brand here into Boots, Sainsbury's, and Superdrug. So, Amazing. there's some, there is some shared tissue there, yeah, um, and that ultimately, both of those experiences taught me that it's important to disrupt the status quo. It's important to challenge your assumptions of what consumers ultimately need. And it also showed me that you can create something that truly is new, different and better. And that was the value in being at L'Oreal for such a long period of time is that innovation is their absolute lifeblood.
1: This episode is brought to you by Parla, the sustainable solution to all your oral care needs. We are now at the start of a new year, which is a perfect time to make some small changes in order to live more sustainably. Our toothpaste tubes and mouthwash bottles are not recyclable and not biodegradable. So every toothpaste tube you've ever used still exists on the planet today, which is mind blowing. So whether you're looking for some high gloss whitening toothpaste or mouthwash with probiotics inside, Parla is the answer. And by using Georgia Simmons, you can get 10% off your first order by heading to tabs.com or clicking the link in the show notes. Make a purchase, make a small change and that will have a huge impact on the environment. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: And it drives their business forward. And as consumers... We constantly want the next best thing. We constantly want new, more so in sexual wellness than in any other category. We're always thinking, is that toy going to be better than the one I've got? Is that product going to be better? Is that partner going to be, you know, effectively service me or make me feel better? Like, is that sexual experience, you know, we're constantly evolving as humans, especially in the sexual wellness space.
1: Yeah. Or innovation kind of keeps keeps your relationship alive. Yeah. So it's key to have that. The fact that we've had one brand dictate all this for so long is actually mental. Yeah. And there's been no innovation. When you think about it, like how boring. Yeah. But now it's, yeah, it's so true. You need that point of difference. You need to try something new for it to be fun, exciting and interesting. Exactly. So when you decided to go into sexual health and wellbeing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how was that received amongst friends and family? for example? <laughs> because it's a taboo topic in general. But When yeah. you turn around and be like, yeah, I'm starting my own business. And they're like, oh my god, amazing, what are you doing? And you're yeah. like, I'm going into sexual wellbeing. Uh-huh. People might be like, okay. So how was it received?
0: Varied, in all honesty. Um, I'm super fortunate because I have... Uh, my parents both worked for the NHS for a very long period of time, so they were general practitioners, and therefore they their walls and their barriers are a little bit lower than perhaps some people's would be. Um, but it is very interesting. There are certain cohorts of people that believe it is something that should not be discussed and that is fascinating right and unpicking why they believe that and what they believe that services in their lives is really really interesting now what I have personally found and the team have found as well is that as soon as you the vast majority of people as soon as you share that you're in this space you open up effectively a dialogue with people that shows, it effectively says, I'm a safe person to talk to. I will not judge like, and like ultimately like share your challenges or concerns. And that is variable, right? It can either be, I'm going to drop my trousers and tell you everything about my sex life. And I could be, you know, a 70 year old man who's no longer with his partner. It could be, you know, a 16 year old girl wanting to talk about how she should use lubricant for the first time it could also be one of your friends in in their 30s who's had a baby who's no longer having sex and that is really interesting because it's so varied but ultimately it's remarkable how if you give people a safe space to talk they're desperate to and that ultimately is the proof of concept Mm. because we're here to provide a space that isn't taboo and where people genuinely can ask questions and get honest, real support that isn't polluted by what we see online and that isn't polluted by agenda, that is just genuine advice and perspective. And people are desperate for that because our sexual experiences and our relationships with others, or certainly our view, they form such. A significant part of our lives right like the way we sexually identify the partner that we're with have huge knock-on implications to how we show up in the world right if we're in a bad relationship we don't show up well if we're not who we are we're showing up amidst a veil like this is like a really big part of the human exist like of humanity and the human existence and that is something that's why it's so interesting and so important but people still are limited in their outlets to be able to talk about this stuff yeah and inverted commas and the folks that do talk about it are tend to be more in tune in their relationships they tend to be more comfortable and happy in themselves and ultimately they tend to show up better.
1: But you know what's also so interesting is that not only do we, do we feel like we can't talk about it, mm. but like social media, for example. Yeah. They also don't let us talk about it. Yeah. So how do you feel being censored by not only the public because you're not going to say to your friends, or maybe some people will like, oh, what do you use? I use this, I yeah. use Dirac or I use Rome. But like on social media, you are, I'm sure you have situations where your content gets, gets censored so how do you kind of work with that
0: well it drives me insane obviously. I can imagine <laughs> um, yeah it's really it's frustrating right because ultimately like we're trying to do yes we're trying to build a business but we are trying to do some social good like the reason we built the brand was because we felt so deeply uncomfortable buying this category and felt like that, a lot of people were being underserviced, and were effectively limiting their potential experiences. And we advertise these, so we've spent a lot of time with Meta and Facebook and even WhatsApp. And ultimately, like those platforms are trying to protect their patrons, right? They're trying to protect uh, children and families against explicit and in inverted commerce content, and you know, we're not here to provide explicit content. We're here to provide genuine wellness advice. And we talked about it already and how sexual wellness is wellness. Like it's not, let's let's not like decouple these two things. Like it's all part of the same ecosystem. And unfortunately, Meta is not able to operate with sex tech and sexual wellness at this time because of internal restrictions now i think we could probably debate till the end of time like how value add those restrictions really are but for us they're a pain because what it means is that like people are desperate for this information so like there is a reason why there is a page in cosmopolitan every single month and there will be until the end of time about sex and about you know agony and questions because people are desperate to be able to ask for advice and maybe even more so than ever because our sexual preferences are evolving at such a rate and our exploration is evolving at such a rate and there is nowhere for these people to unlock real, genuine content. Now, that is challenging. What is more challenging is the people who haven't woken up yet to the fact that potentially they could enrich their wellness through sex because there is almost no way to communicate with them because you can't advertising with paid is problematic, you can advertise but it is certainly problematic and really right now it's those folks who have a higher level engagement who are engaging with Rome because they're going looking for us, they're typing the question, how can I find a better lubricant for sex, how can I find a lubricant that won't leave me with a UTI? How can I think about intimacy as more than just intercourse? Like all these sort of things like people are searching for. And if they're searching for it, that's great. They're a right market and they're looking for someone to talk to them. It's the folks who aren't there yet, who aren't having the conversations with their friends in the pub. And unfortunately these social media engines are limiting their exposure to this growth or this evolution and that's where at Rome we have like this fundamental grievance because we're like this is such a phenomenal thing like if we can help everyone just have better sex once a year that is a great thing for all of us but reaching those people is consistently challenging but it's a job that is worth doing and we've seen the difference but it isn't the easiest thing to do with those platforms. And that's ultimately why we've gone straight into retail because mm-hmm. that is a touch point. And we're in Boots and Sainsbury's and Superdrug and they've been incredibly supportive because they see the social value to their shopper, right? Yeah. And like for us, that's amazing to find a partner that can that really understands the value in diversity and new experiences and wellness, but it's not evolving at the same rate on social channels, and that is really frustrating.
1: So frustrating, I can only imagine how frustrating, but actually, thinking about it, retail makes so much sense because Mm. to even type up, like, what is the best loop, that's, people might not even feel comfortable to do that. So that's already a stepping stone. So to be in retail, where you've already got the customer looking for the product, Mm that's kind of like one hurdle done for you. Exactly. And then it's gonna be like, oh this looks new and exciting and different. This yeah. is cool, let me try it. Exactly. So actually it makes so much more sense. Whereas even to type up like I'm looking for um you know a more sensual experience, what should I choose? Yeah. That people might not even feel comfortable doing that. Totally agree. And going back to the whole healthcare and sexual health, like they are so intrinsically linked, and mm-hmm. we are constantly trying to better ourselves, yeah. be the healthiest version of ourselves, feel better, and yet our sex life is really key to that. Yeah. But that's like hush, hush—we can't talk about that. We can't think like that, or like, but it's—it's it's actually mental.
0: Yeah, but so, just—but just think, like, we are all engaging in buying healthier foods buying cbd cbd is a great one good example like and the dopamine and oxytocin hits that we get from sex and if we want to go one step further on from masturbation from self-care and self-pleasure like far outweigh the benefits of like some of these things that we're ingesting or putting inside of our bodies you know They mimic a lot of the benefits that we get when we do a spin class or we do exercise or we hang out with our friends and get that human relationship and interaction piece. So there is so much benefit from this. And if you think about we're living in a bloody stressful world, right, where everything is clamouring for our attention. And, you know, we have so few moments of peace and Release and release is the optimal word here. And if we can encourage everyone to just masturbate more, that has that is a moment away from the streth- stress of our iPhone, away from the computer, away from Netflix, away from like constant extraneous pressure, and a moment just to focus on you and your body, mm-hmm. right? And that is a rare thing now, like time just with yourself in peace you know is rare so there can be real our view is that there can be real far-reaching benefits from sex and from masturbation and that can become incredibly interesting if we're able to communicate on it
1: yeah and also it's natural yeah it's also probably a form of meditation yeah like actually it's crazy like we're just not but no one would ever promote it. No, you wouldn't hear someone on the radio being like, oh, "I really, really recommend this weekend. Just take some time, take some self-care." Yeah. No one would say that. No. no one would say it. So it's, it is crazy. So talking about other lifestyle factors. Yeah. What other lifestyle factors affect our sex life? Affect our libido? Yeah. In terms of food, in terms of alcohol, like let's touch on those. Yeah,
0: sure. So, the way we think about it is we're, con- we're on this constant journey with sex right and it may feel like it stays the same but it doesn't okay and that's because you know firstly as humans we change but our relationships change and things in our life change an example of that could be the way you have sex with a new partner in your honeymoon phase okay that honeymoon phase of that relationship might be very different to you know after you've got married but then it would might be very different again when you're trying to conceive and maybe you're struggling to conceive okay and then sex becomes much more formulaic and much more there to serve a purpose it then may become very different again when you have had that baby if you're fortunate enough to have that baby and you know your body has been through a period of immense change right as a woman and you know even as a a male accompanying partner like There are lots of other changes in the dynamic in your relationship, you know, whether that be time or stress or sleep or all that sort of stuff that can directly impact. And then ultimately, as we get older, those relationships change, they may break down. We may go through, you know, healthcare changes. So it's constantly changing and that's why we believe that innovation in this segment is so important because it needs to service that change and it needs to help people navigate that. Now, these things vary for everybody like there is no hard and fast model and libido is a really good example of that and our natural libido fluctuates for so many different reasons like in men it fluctuates there are studies that show it fluctuates because of finasteride which is the hair loss drug mm-hmm. like there are loads of different reasons you might be going through chemotherapy you might be putting loads of you know illegal drugs in your body you might be drinking too much You might be having loads of like really fatty foods. All these things have a knock on impact to this feeling of libido and having that natural drive. Or it might be that you're going through a period of having a lot of libido. So like ultimately like it's about realizing that libido change is just normal, right? Like like most things, like these things aren't normal. And there are ways in which you can sub- supplement. And a lot of that can also be done through like conversation and talking and building that intimacy with your partner. And that's where like we want to stand different from the other brands in the market that are really super functional. And we want to share the value of intimacy and stretch what that means for consumers so that they can unpick what works for them and use that in their relationships to strengthen their libido or improve their exploration or improve their interpersonal connection.
1: I am proud to announce I am now an affiliate of Huel. If you have made some new resolutions to start the year, such as getting more protein into your diet or eating a hearty and healthy breakfast, Huel may just be the answer. I love having my fridge stocked with Huel for those mornings where I'm on the go or if I have a podcast recording and want to grab something without making my kitchen messy, Huel is always my go-to. After having James Collier on the podcast, I can confirm that when they say each bottle is nutritionally complete and that each bottle contains 26 of your essential vitamins and minerals, they are right. My go-to flavour is chocolate and vanilla, so if you want to start adding some healthy habits into your everyday, place your Huel order today. Click the link in the show notes and place your order. Honestly, I love having my fridge stocked with these products. It's easy, convenient, and also super delicious. Let's get back
0: to the episode. But there's a lot going on, and ultimately, the enemy is simplifying it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So- with alcohol, it's an interesting one. Because I feel like some people think, I'm going to go out and have a really fun night, drink a lot, and then I'll have great sex later. Yeah. And sometimes, doesn't it, lie.
0: <laughs> So like We've all been there, right? <laughs> they, don't,
1: they don't make... They don't go do hand in hand. Yeah. But people often think it, they do. So what is the effect on alcohol on your sex life?
0: So, again, I don't want to make... Uh, overarching statements because ultimately everybody is unique and affects people differently like the value of alcohol for a lot of people is it reduces one's inhibitions right mm. but the knock on effect of that could be that from a performance perspective you're not where you'd like to be for mm. you so sort of better sentiment yeah and you know we speak to a lot of men so we do a lot of insights calls and we ultimately have a lot of consumers who are, our consumers are aware that we're trying to change the pace of this category and therefore they're very open and honest with their challenges and feedback on on our business, on our product ranges. And, you know, a number of them have um, erectile dysfunction. You know, how medical that is versus how emotional that is, is another question. A lot of them have, you know, face. Sometimes, um, uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? They sometimes face uh, ejaculation too early. Um, there's just a lot going on ultimately, and and equally, like when we're too drunk, sometimes the the experience doesn't align because we are unable to connect from a true intimacy perspective. Mm-hmm. So I think the the jury is out whether alcohol is good or bad. Yeah. But there can be a multitude of different side effects and sometimes I want those side effects and sometimes I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, completely. Completely. So we've touched a lot on innovation. Yeah. What are the types of innovation that you guys have done at Rome?
0: Yeah. So we're constantly exploring, right? And the challenge with this category is it is a class two medical device category, okay? Now, what that means is that ultimately, like we really care about the safety and efficacy of our products, right? Like our contraceptives are like our world class, right? And that is because ultimately, if you're using a contraceptive, that is what you want. And therefore, innovating takes time right like it takes time and energy and it's not just marketing as an example so when we think about innovation we're thinking about okay how can we upgrade our lubricants and how can we do that in a safe manner so as an example we've put a flora protecting microbiome agent inside our lubricants and that's to effectively support against UTIs or thrush or uh, discomfort after sex that's just one example Okay. Another example is we've been the first brand in the UK to launch a masturbation cream into the mass market, and we talked about masturbation being this amazing vehicle for wellness. Mm. And ultimately, we do it three times more than we have sex, right? And there is nothing in the market, like it's just bonkers. Like That's crazy. Why not? Effectively, we're constantly looking for newness and to upgrade that experience, why not give customers something that enables them to edge, for example, effectively to prolong that sexual experience, to increase that sense of euphoria and also better understand their bodies. So they're just two like, examples of how you can innovate at varying levels, but you can bring something new to the customer, but that exists within a playing field that they understand. Yeah, and the masturbation one has been a huge success for us and it's been a bit of a light bulb moment in understanding how we need to think beyond intercourse and when you speak to folks who have high sexual literacy and high sexual understanding their feedback is that these experiences that surround intercourse are the most value add so that's where we're going to be spending a ton of time in thinking how we can get you to a point where you're really excited about intercourse and ultimately at a point where your body, your body and your mind are able to have the best experience possible when you get there.
1: Yeah, because at the moment if you're using Durex, your experience before isn't great yeah. you're kind of probably on edge you're probably like buying it a bit nervous looking at your shoulder who's watching me who's watching me grabbing oh it
0: out god. the bottom of your drawer <laughs> grabbing
1: it like where am i gonna hide it oh my god my dad are coming oh my god where do i put this you yeah. know it's that's not a very comfortable fun exciting relaxing experience Yeah. so that makes complete sense yeah. and also i want to touch on sustainability because mm-hmm. every modern brand yeah. this is a huge part and i know for you guys it is as well huge yeah so how have you guys made your products sustainable or how has sustainability come into Rome
0: yeah sure so we're incredibly passionate about this and for us it's about inclusivity as well as sustainability so if we tackle sustainability first like you know there is a lot of greenwashing that goes on in the cosmetics market and ultimately like we want to do our best with the information that we have our disposal as a small brand and we want to make the right choices, which are often hard, right? So ultimately, like the packaging we've chosen, we've tried to make responsible sourcing decisions. So we've tried to make our products in smaller forms than other brands, but with the same millage. Now that's so that we're using less plastic and putting less plastic back out into the environment, Okay, as an example. And that was also to think about economically about how we can effectively produce these products get them to customers without them having a huge global footprint so that's just one example of how we're trying to do it there if we think about the inclusivity arm of our business when we spoke to we did a load of research when we were building the brand and we're really nervous about being inclusive inclusive for inclusive sake now when when we sp- when we spoke to customers the most interesting person i spoke to was a woman in her i think she was in her late 60s and she had sight impairment okay and she'd lost her vision as she aged earlier than i guess normally we would and consequently she had loads of challenges when it came to sex okay And she was still having sex, she had a gentleman partner, and they were, she was telling me this story how one day they were having sex and she had a cylindrical lubricant and the lubricant was bouncing up on the bed and it fell on the floor and it rolled under the bed. Now, she was of a certain age, and again, it was incredibly awkward, in inverted commas, and she couldn't get under the bed to get the lube, right? Because it was rolled all the way under the bed. And she was like, that was an absolute nightmare because we were then having sex, I felt really uncomfortable and there was just a load of discomfort there because I didn't have the lubricant. And on reflection, we were like, okay, how do we make choices that are, yes, choices in our packaging that are responsible for sustainability, but they're also responsible for human need, okay? Mm. Like beyond what we would expect and beyond what we could see. So the reason our packaging is square is for that reason. So it will not roll. Wow. And to go one step further, all our packaging, unlike the competitor, has been made with braille. So there is braille on all of our packaging so that if you have sight impairment or you are blind, you can find the product that is right for your exploration. Now that is something that we're, it should be the norm. It should be everywhere, right? How that hasn't been considered like, is beyond me. But it comes with a very high operational cost to do that. But for us as a business, that is really important to understand how we can address and how we can support consumers who have been, for use of a better word, invisible. So that's something that when we think about the choices of sustainability, we always temper those choices with decisions around inclusivity To make sure that we are not missing anybody as part of the mix. And so that we're constantly calibrating what is the right thing for exploration, what is the right thing for Rome and for its consumers.
1: That is actually amazing. And when you think about sustainability, actually inclusivity should come first. Because we've touched on the fact that this, like sexual health and sexual well-being affects everyone. So your products should be for. Everyone yeah. and work for everyone, and if not, then that's a waste. Yeah. And then that kind of goes on to sustainability in the environment. So that makes so much sense. And like, what a story. Amazing that she shared that. Yeah, as and well. it's
0: and what I love about working in this space is that like people do share, and it's really raw and really honest. And like these aren't fabricated stories or learnings like these are things that are happening to real people like us and god knows where we will be when we are older and like we are so passionate about trying to do the right thing and making hard making these choices is hard right like ultimately like you cannot please everybody all the time But there are meaningful things that we're really proud to be doing that we really hope have an impact to people's lives beyond what we can see
1: completely and i think as we mentioned like sex changes a lot and like our needs have changed you know as time goes on our needs change and therefore being a modern day sex brand is really important because you are actually creating a product for people now Mm. rather than Durex, for example, which are just making what they've always made, which actually isn't necessarily suiting the needs of everyone now, so I think it's amazing and like, you know, you're creating products for homosexual people, heterosexual people people with disabilities, and this is everyone, and it's not I guess, it's not just a black and white situation, it's so many parts to this product and this market so, and also for you guys you know, we touched on being a startup brand is challenging it's hard it comes with huge costs and right now costs are expensive let alone when you're trying to be there for everyone so kind of making these sacrifices and putting the costs in and spending the money where you think is important is yeah really amazing i think also it should be highlighted because as consumers we walk past things we walk past products we pick them up and we just think we just see it kind of face on you don't necessarily see what goes on how much work goes into making sure there's Braille on every product and mm. all those things? So I think it is really important that that is highlighted. So we have a final question,
0: dun dun dun, dun dun dun,
1: <laughs> which is bring it all back to food. Tell me. So what is your last meal gonna be? Oh my last God. meal on the planet. Starter, main course, dessert.
0: Last meal on the planet. I was actually asked this at Christmas. So oh, I feel good. like I'm quite, I'm quite I'm quite teed up so as I get older, what I realize is that and I think it's maybe happening to folks of my generation is that like I'm migrating back into this this zone of safety this period of life that felt really safe to me and nostalgia is becoming really like important to me in terms of like how I show up and I was thinking about the things that that will always be just wonderful. Like, that will always... Not the really posh meal or the like the lobster in a posh restaurant in London or whatever. But for me, the things that, like, remind me of where I'm from. And for me, they're things that, like, I grew up with. So, for me, the thing that I love is my next-door neighbour at home. She is Italian. Every time I come home, she brings me home these... She brings me around these homemade meatballs, and it just means so much. So I think I'd absolutely have those.
1: Would that be your starter?
0: I think it probably would be my yeah. starter. It's your
1: last meal. It's, it's just a bit. It's out. just a
0: bit nice, isn't it? Yeah. Um. And then my mains, I think I would go for. Again, it's like something that, like my dad makes. He makes this like saltimbocca, which is like pork wrapped in. Um, like parma ham with like masala sauce is just delish and I think it means more because my dad made it yeah so I think I'd probably have that and then when I was little we used to go blackberry picking in the woods behind my house and then my mum would always make like a blackberry crumble
1: oh my god crumble you actually can't oh my god so I
0: I just think like ultimately like those are the things that have true meaning yeah and all the rest is nonsense
1: yeah agree agree Um, I love that Amazing. Sounds delicious. So nice. Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, Absolute I've loved pleasure. this. This is a real different one for me. But when I was thinking about this episode, I couldn't even believe that not as many people talk about it. I said to my brother, I was like, oh, I'm doing an episode um, on like sexual well-being and sexual health. He was like, what? Why? I was like, <laughs> because of that exact reaction. Yeah. I was like, because we don't talk about it. And it's crazy. And like, I want to talk about anything. Like, I just... Talk about anything and everything. I don't feel uncomfortable talking about certain things, but I know people do. But I think, as we mentioned, when someone does, Mm. then you then feel like the doors open so you can then talk about it too. And I just think that we should be talking about this. It's so important. I love what you guys are doing at Rome. I think it's fantastic. I love the packaging. I love the messaging. I love the website. I love the imagery. I love everything about it um and hearing even more behind the scenes makes me love it even more so yeah thanks for doing what you're doing i Absolute think it's pleasure. insane so thank you so much thanks thank you guys so much for listening and i really hope you enjoyed this episode this year i really aim to bring value to every episode And so in return, I would love your support through making sure you follow or subscribe on whichever platform you use. And if you would like to share us on social media or amongst friends or family, that would also be amazing. Thank you so much again and see you next week.